I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 26 of the Dynasty Debates. That's right, episode 26. For those of you who might be paying attention, I know there might be two or three of you out there. Um, I said episode 24 last week. I was wrong. I totally forgot. I messed myself up. I forgot about the bonus episode covering the Senior Bowl. That was technically episode 24. Last week was episode 25. This week, for you mathematicians out there, is episode 26. So there's a Phantom episode 25 episode out there that will never air. Um, but yeah, here we are. It is what it is. I am Evan Brown, your humble host, the humblest host, some might say. You can catch me on Twitter, as always, at FFEvanLution, like Revolution, with my name at the start. It's an evolution. Come join. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. Drop us questions. Drop us comments. Tell us how much you love the show. Even if it's not true, do it. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. You can uh, throw an email to me if you're not on Twitter at dynastydebates at gmail.com. And if you have 30 to 45 seconds in your super busy lives, I would really appreciate if you go to your favorite podcast listening platform and drop a rating and and or and or review. It would help me out. It would help the show out. And hey, who doesn't like helping people out? I have an absolute treat for you today. The first, 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 first repeat guest. You probably know him, and if you know him, I'm sure you love him. The Wizard of the Warzone, Memphis himself, at DWZ Memphis, host of the Dynasty Warzone podcast. Memphis, thank you very much for coming back. How the heck are you, buddy? I am well, and most importantly, thank you for having me back. I, I don't I don't tend to do too many repeat performances. I don't know if it's because I'm just not invited back or just like once is enough, but I'm super happy to be back with you. You are a gracious host. I, I do appreciate your humbleness and humility, but man, you got to give yourself some credit. You're doing a great job. 26 episodes in and you're killing it. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. I must say, just for the listeners, I uh, first first proper screw up of the show so far. I had penciled in Memphis for this week, and I had told him last week. So last week, I'm sitting down, and I get this message uh, DM on Twitter. Hey, are we still good for tonight? And I had that moment of panic. I was like, Oh no. What have I yeah. done? Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 thankfully, I, thankfully, Memphis was able to, uh, he didn't double charge me, you know, his guest appearance fee. And, uh, you know, he's a great guy. And so I really appreciate that. So again, apologies, apologies, apologies. Well, a couple but of things. I, I, I sent you that, I sent you that, uh, you know, DM about, hey, man, are we still on for tonight? And this is what I got. <laughs> And and I'm kidding. Um, I don't have an appearance fee. Um, I, I like how you're giving me the business on the square. But I, I we talked about this before we hit the record button. I'm at a point in my life. I do dynasty content because I enjoy it. I go on to other people's podcasts because I enjoy them and the conversations and the friendships. So um, I'm happy to be here. I'm ready to talk football. I know it seems odd, man. It's like the end of February. 
we're about five days weird month february you know 28 days we're about five days away from march we're three ish weeks away from free agency starting then we roll right into the combines in between then and now we got so much goodness coming up man so i'm just excited to talk ball and do it with someone that i that i really enjoy hanging out with Hey, man, I appreciate it. And absolutely, you know, I appreciate you. That's why you're the first repeat guest. Excited to dive in. We got loads to cover. We did sales last week with our wonderful friend Dennis over at Dynasty Nerds. And we are talking buys and who doesn't love a good buy in Dynasty. And this is, you're just right, Memphis. This is, I, this is what I love about Dynasty is that while all the redraft heads are sad and looking forward to a very bleak off season we're just super excited we're knees deep in content we're excited about the combine can't wait to see all these guys running around in their underwear and jumping things we got free agency coming up we're looking forward to the draft and that leads me to a really exciting point so this is the last show before we officially start building that big board looking forward to the rookie drafts so from next week onwards it's going to be all gas no breaks as far as rookie content i've put off the rookie fever as long as i possibly can but it has fully taken over and it's gonna it's gonna be awesome guys so stick with us gonna be some epic rookie content coming your way but this week we are talking some buys and we're gonna try and talk some buys that might be a good idea to swoop in now and get some buys in before free agency hits before the draft hits and we're gonna explain why we've also got a couple of questions have come in thank you very much and we're gonna do a deep dive on the one and only indianapolis colts memphis's team that is closest to his heart so without further ado let's get into some buys the main event Fight. guests first as always so memphis why don't you hit me with your first buy and talk me through the thought process what are you thinking why are they a buy and what are you willing to give up to get them on your roster all right. Well, uh, I'm glad this is the one reason why you're tuned into the right show is that Evan and his guests tell you not only who to buy, but what to buy, things to think about when acquiring these players. So for me, my first guy in a super flex is going to be Dak Prescott. I don't know that you need to necessarily go out and hunt down Dak in a one QB league as QBs tend to be readily available there. Doesn't mean that you don't want a good one. It just means that that you uh, the, the 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 pressing need to have a stud isn't there in a one QB, but in a super flex, I love Dak, and I'll just hit you with a couple of reasons why. So Dallas in 2021 ran the second most offensive plays; they ran 1153, and of that, they passed the ball 680 times, or 59 percent. Little unknown fact: Dallas last year had 40 passing TDs. I believe Dak had 39. I think that one guy who played against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the redheaded fella, I think he had one, but that means Dak had 39 touchdowns finished as the QB five on the season. But if he had played that game that he missed due to the calf, he probably would have been top three, but that's also kind of unfair because Rogers finished three and had he played the final game of the season to flourish. And so, but anyway, he's a top five QB, but they're returning Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. And the big thing for me is that we in the redraft in the in the fantasy industry in general we liked Dak a lot coming into the season because the perception is is the defense was bad and the defense was bad in 2020 Dallas gave up the fourth excuse me the fifth most points in 20 
20, but they only gave up the uh, the seventh fewest. So their defense went from one extreme to the other. They went from really bad to pretty good as far as points allowed. And I think that that defense is going to regress somewhere in the middle, somewhere around 15, 16. And there was a couple of games. I can remember the two Philadelphia games come to mind because they were both in primetime because that's what Dallas does. They, they play in primetime. And they could have went for another two or three scores in those two games combined because they kind of took the foot off the pedal. And I think it's a good offense. I believe that there's some concerns that Gallup may not resign. They could lose Dalton Schultz. What are they going to do with Amari Cooper? Here's the one thing that I feel very comfortable knowing about the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones loves being a showman. He is going to invest in that offensive line. He's going to invest in those wide receivers. I don't think they'll use their first-round pick on a wide receiver, but I could definitely see using a second round. I could see him bringing Gallup back. I could see them because the franchise tag for a tight end isn't outrageous. I could see them franchise tagging Dalton Schultz for one more year. Basically, the long and the short of it is, is I really believe in this offense, this coaching staff. I think the division around them is going to get a little bit better which is going to cause them to score more points in division. I think if you just look at it all in all, I think there is a good chance for Dak to continue to hold his value. And there's a little Dak fatigue, to be quite honest. So for me, I I don't think you're going to get him for two firsts. But this is what I've been sharing with our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We've been covering this for about three weeks. Dak is the perfect target if you're looking to get out of the Kyler Murray business, which I am. A lot of services, like my friends over at the Dynasty Trade Calculator, the Dynasty Nerds, they still have Kyler as a top five QB option in a Superflex, and that's perfect. If I could get out one-to-one Dak for Kyler, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I love um, I love some of those points that you brought up, especially I do feel, I can feel that Dak fatigue. I can feel it in the air, uh, as Phil Collins would say. Um, Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think that he is a lot better than we give him credit for because for whatever reason, I think in our minds, you know, one thing I think that does impact it is that we didn't see as much rushing from him. He always has had that rushing floor. And so because he didn't have that, I think there's been some disappointment because like you said, the defense was better. There's been some disappointment, but actually on paper, he's still great for fantasy. So anytime you can get like a a premier asset for a non-premier price, it's definitely something worth doing and i think you're you know to to the theme of the show i think it's a great time to do that while there's all this uncertainty while everyone's still a little bit disappointed if if they kill it in free agency and they manage to you know to fiddle the books and get everything back under the cap and then they do draft a wide receiver in the second round all of a sudden the hype might start building again price might go up so yeah absolutely love that um for me in, in dynasty with buys there sort of tends to be two main categories it's usually either like a buy low so you're saying that this person um the the cost that you're going to have to invest in them is not really relevant as far as because of the the, the possible gains are going to far outweigh that or maybe potentially somebody you're willing to still pay up for because you don't think they even still have yet hit their ceiling or you just think they're going to give so much to your team that it's still worth the investment so my first buy is more of a buy low target and it is the one and only Davis Mills, the much maligned rookie from last year that nobody wanted to talk about, but actually statistically and on the field, probably outshined just about every other rookie quarterback, not named Mac Jones last year. So I'll give you a couple of reasons why I'm in on the Davis Mills sweepstakes. Um, 
first and foremost, it is cost. I mean, on Dynasty Trade Calculator, which I do really respect and kind of look to just to give myself a gauge of like what the market is saying at the moment. They have him only really is worth a second, a mid mid to late second in a 12-team super flex um, tight end premium league. And if you can get Davis Mills for a second, especially in this quarterback class, if you're by any means um, a decent team or you're just looking to build on your quarterback room i would be more than happy to do so and a couple of the reasons why um you know he had a shaky start to the season when he came in initially wasn't great really up and down got benched again for tyrod taylor when he came back but then when tyrod was really struggling in the second half of the season they actually benched him and brought mills back in and at that point from you know from weeks 14 to 18 so that that's a good four or five week stretch at the end of the season there he was the qb 10 so QB 10, he was a top 12 QB for that last four or five week stretch there. I believe off the top of my head, he had something like nine touchdowns and only two interceptions, something like that. And they were playing some decent teams because I remember there were some matchups in there like Titans, I believe, a couple other teams that were looking to get to the playoffs. So it wasn't just, I mean, they were considered one of the worst teams in the league. So there wasn't any matchups that were just, you know, cakewalks for them. So it was pretty good. And another really interesting thing that's something that I'm really excited about that I don't know how much people are talking about is the fact that Pep Hamilton has been brought back to the Texans and he is their offensive coordinator. Now, Pep Hamilton was the quarterback's coach last year, worked really closely with Davis Mills, really likes Davis Mills, is very impressed with Davis Mills. And before last year, Pep Hamilton was the guy who was working with the dynasty darling known as Justin Herbert. So he was very impactful on Justin Herbert's rookie year coming out of nowhere and just taking over the league. Um, he also, if, if memory serves, I believe he was part of Andrew Luck um, coming up and being yeah. a stud muffin in college and then even at the Colts. So he's got a history there of being uh, some of, somewhat of a quarterback whisperer, one of these guys who takes young quarterbacks and really helps them develop. And then even today, funny enough, I was reading an article from PFT, I believe, about Lovey Smith. You know, He said he wouldn't come out and name a starter in February because he doesn't see the point in that. But at the same time, he had a couple of comments to do with Mills where basically he's pretty impressed with Mills. He likes Mills and he said he's got some real concerns in the roster, but quarterback isn't one of them basically was the gist of what he was saying. So my my read on the situation is that he will be, I think they have too many holes, too many things to address. This isn't a particularly strong quarterback class. I don't think they're going to go out and especially with this Deshaun Watson situation hanging over them, they'll probably look to gather some picks once that clears up and look at 2023 or later um, if they're not happy. I think they'll give him another year at least um, as, as, a, as a run out to, as the starter for the Texans. I think he's done enough to show that he can be a serviceable QB2, QB3 option in a super flex league. And if you can get him for a second round pick, again, if he is doing well, you can probably flip him for a pro- profit um, or you can just enjoy having him on your team and he can be a stud muffin potentially um i would take advantage of that now before it becomes more and more clear once it's more and more clear that he is the starter this year then the price will go up because it is super flex etc but um memphis what do you think am i crazy or are you with me on the davis mills hype train such as it is it may only be one car at the moment but we could be in that car no well actually a good friend of mine and a good guy in general tyler guntner from the Dynasty Happy Hour, he recently traded, and he posted this on Twitter. So I'm, uh, I'm not speaking out of school. He's already shared this. He gave up the 110 in a Superflex 12-team league for Davis Mills. He believes, I believe, I had to cede my my captaincy of the Davis Mills hype train to Tyler, based on that deal. Sure. But here, I'll, I'll get, but but I've written up and done some stuff for our show and our people. Uh, on Davis Mills. So one of the stats that I like because Vegas likes it, 
And if you don't like what Vegas has to say, they'll bet you on it, as they like to say. They, they believe a lot in QBR. And QBR, for those of your listeners that don't know, is an adjusted total quarterback rating. And what that rating does is, is it values all plays that a quarterback is involved in, rushing, passing, et cetera, and it factors in the strength of the defense they've, they faced. So it's a pretty complete stat. The only rookie QB to have a better QBR in 2021 than Davis Mills was Mac Jones. Now let's go to what we care about, fantasy points. So he got benched for a while when Tyrod come back. He was renamed the starter in week 13. In weeks 13 through 18, the only rookie QB to score more points than him over that five games, excuse me, six game sample was Zach Wilson. Ironically, you would have gotten that wrong in a game of trivia. And <laughs> he was the fifth highest scoring rookie in that time. So I agree with you. And, and, and what's the worst case scenario if the, if the Texans suck in 2022? They draft CJ Stroud. Or they they draft Bryce Young in 2023, which is probably the thing of it anyway. I mean, for for the Texans, if you start Davis Mills, it's kind of YOLO either way. Either he proves that he can be your Dak Prescott, a mid-round QB, or a Kirk Cousin type who can, you know, you know, be that mid-level type QB in the league and you can build around him with a lot of talent, or you stink to high heaven and you go out and draft one of these permanent solutions. So you're definitely speaking to a big, big Davis Mills guy. It's not as big as Tyler, not 110 <laughs> big. Uh, I, I offered the guy who Tyler traded uh, Mills from. I offered him like the 210, and I was told to go pound. <laughs> I was told to go pound sand. That is fair. That is fair. But look, who, who you got for us? Number two. Who's your number two buy? This guy is starting to pick up steam. Uh, great follow on Twitter, Josh Larkey, uh, best ball guru from Roto Underworld and a TikTok world champion, as a matter of fact. He's been talking about how Travis Etienne's best ball, now this is seasonal best ball, but he's creeping up into the sixth round. So I'm not a big believer in coach worship and, and, and coach narrative, but I just know this, what the data says. And his new head coach is Doug Peterson. Now, Doug Peterson was the guy who, when Miles Sanders was a rookie in 2019, he gave Miles Sanders 63 targets that he converted to 50 catches. And then the following year in 2020, which was the weird hybrid season with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, and Sanders only played 12 games, he caught 28 balls on 52 targets. So the targets got a little bit more erratic. His catch rate went down. But Doug Peterson is a big fan of using running backs in the passing game. Whether or not James Robinson is all the way back, it's fine. We're going to talk about the Colts here in a little bit and, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines and, and the gang. The day and age of a quote-unquote bell cow back just don't exist very much in 2022. So I, I don't mind going out and getting him. We Now, this is the thing. This is why you you got to stick around to the dynasty debates. If you found this by accident, first of all, shame on you. You're 26 episodes late, but more importantly, subscribe because, you know, we were talking a little bit before we hit the record button about rookie picks. And we're going to talk about some of this here in a little bit, but you know, if you're at the one Oh seven in a one QB league and you can throw that out for Travis ETN, I'm in sold American. 
And to your point as well, I think that before he got injured, there was a lot of hype about ETN. He's got a first round draft capital, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's with Trevor Lawrence. So I think people have been so burned by the Jaguars last year that they are really down on him. He's out of sight, out of mind because he was injured all year. So yeah, if you can swoop in and get him for a first, because I mean, there was a league um, that I'm in with some fairly smart individuals, not going to name any names, no naming and shaming, but I was able to, I only had one share of ETN and this is a super flex league. I was able to sell him for two firsts. Um, and that's because there was some hype, you know, this is before he got injured, obviously, but I think if you can get him for a single first, especially a later first now, that's a brilliant price because even if you don't believe in him, the hype will continue to build. And when he is fully fit, fully cleared and everyone's excited because, you know, they had a good draft and they got another weapon and they're ready to rock and Doug Peterson, blah, blah, blah. You can flip him for a profit for someone else you do believe in. So I absolutely love that. My next buy is again fits into the bargain bin category um and it's somebody that i don't hear a lot of people talking about i'm sure there's somebody talking there's always somebody talking about everybody somewhere but my guy is curtis samuel and it's not because i'm a huge curtis samuel stan i just want to clarify um but i think his value has gotten so so ridiculous that it's kind of like it's an almost no risk, semi good reward situation. Um, he is only 25 years old. I feel like people are treating him like he's 30 years old. He's only 25 years old. He had an injury ridden season, unfortunately, core muscle issues and things like that never really got going in Washington. Um, but I did want to remind people that his last healthy year in Carolina, he finishes the wide receiver 25. And that is what we call a usable asset in dynasty. He finished just outside of, of a wide receiver two. And that was, with DJ Moore that is with horrible quarterback play so it's not like he was you know Aaron Rodgers number two weapon or anything like that he signed a fairly decent contract in Washington with Rivera who was his coach in Carolina who obviously likes him obviously knows what he brings to the table um they are very clearly in the quarterback market. So if they're going to get a quarterback upgrade, no matter how no matter how small of an upgrade it is, it's even if it's an upgrade, a minim, miniature upgrade over Heineke, it's still going to be decent to see an upgrade, a 25-year-old that's hopefully back healthy. And the best part, like I said, this is a bargain bin situation. He's literally worth like a late third-round pick on Dynasty Trade Calculator if you're in a 12-team Superflex League. So if you got a third-round pick and rookie fever, has bit at one of your league mates and you can throw that out especially come draft week you can throw out your third round pick because there's nobody on the board you're overly excited about and you can get curtis samuel on your roster um in this particular class i don't think that's a bad idea because if he comes back healthy i mean again i know i'm not i'm not saying this so don't hear what i'm not saying i am no way shape or form saying he is the next debo samuel but what i am saying is he was utilized in similar sort of ways in carolina and in ohio state out of the backfield jet sweeps speedy guy um a lot of those similar characteristics so don't don't quote me <laughs> don't misquote me don't at me as they say i'm not saying he's going to be debo samuel i'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver but it wouldn't shock me if they get a slightly better quarterback in Washington and if he has a healthy year that he is a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, which again, if you're getting for a late third round pick or a fourth round pick, that is, that is gravy as they say. But again, I will defer to my, my good friend, the wizard of the wars on here in Memphis. Am I crazy? Am I wrong? What do you think? Well, I, I am not a big Curtis Samuel fan, but I love where your head's at. The number one way to improve your dynasty roster 
for the long term is to find a player that his value is suppressed for whatever reason, situation, talent around them, injuries, and in some cases, Curtis Samuel checks all these boxes. But if Curtis Samuel has his best case scenario season, then what's he worth a year from now? Is he worth a first? Maybe not, but but you're talking about giving up a third or a fourth in a in a rookie draft, right? So, so let me tell you the quality of player you would have gotten last year with with that third or fourth. Okay, here we go. Dwayne Eskridge. No. <laughs> Tutu I'll take, Atwell. I'll take Samuel. Tutu Atwell. Also a no. Nico Collins. Eh, maybe. Diami Brown. No. I think you get my point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Th- these rookie picks, people want to believe in magic. And they, they, they think that there's this magic bullet, whether it, what, whatever the industry is. And it's not. It's just hard work and being smart and making tactical moves. So it doesn't matter that I like or don't like Curtis Samuel. He's the kind of guy that you can get for next to nothing. And the odds of Curtis Samuel becoming something – are higher than that same player you would use that pick on now. Let him have a good first four or five games of the season and trade him for any second. You just just picked up a better pick in a draft class that if you follow any of the Debbie draft Knicks out there, that is supposed to be a really banging class. So I I think it's, it's a good bit of foreshadowing, and I think that's the way you build equity in a dynasty roster. Uh, Do you have any last buys for us before we move on to the deep dive here, Memphis? I I do. And can I add one more thing to the point we were just sharing? Absolutely. Never be afraid to take those third and fourth round flyers on guys that fit this profile. Are they on extremely popular NFL teams? The Cowboys, the Steelers, the Packers, the Bears, or, or did they come from really popular college programs? like in the case of our friend, Mr. Curtis Samuel, Ohio State. Think about the guys, when you're going to reach on these guys, think about the guys that came out of college, that came out of Power 5 programs, and came out with a lot of steam behind them. Nobody likes being right more than Debbie and Dynasty Twitter. Because the the minute Curtis Samuel gets off to a good start, every Ohio State stand, every, every Debbie guy, I knew it, I knew Curtis Samuel could do it they're going to artificially inflate the price for you and then you get out with your tidy profit. So just, I wanted to piggyback on that for, for just a second before we get to my next guy. Go ahead. That is a tasty nug. That is a tasty nug. I hope everyone, that's a, what what do you call it? That's a writer downer. That's what we call it. The dynasty war. Write that down. That's a writer downer. Well, here's a name. Maybe you know him. Maybe you do not. Uh, I'm going to do some foreshadowing because I'm going to get this guy. If you have a two year, Taxi squad, meaning a, a, a rookie can ride or a two-year player can ride the taxi squad for two years. I think most are. There's the occasional one year. There might even be the occasional outlier of a three-year taxi squad. But if you're in a tight end premium league, and I think Superflex tight end premium is the wave of the future. But a guy I want you to go out and look at, and I'm going to give you a few reasons why, is Noah Gray of the Kansas City Chiefs. You want to talk about my bargain buy? You think getting Curtis Samuel cheap, mister, you can get this guy for next, like pocket lint. (laughs) 
So you can literally dig that lint out of your belly button and go flick it at the other GM and say, hey, I'll take Noah Gray. You might get a yes just because they don't want to. But, but here, here's why I, I like Noah Gray. First of all, the big Patrick Mahomes extension kicks in this coming year. And if you look at Travis Kelsey's contract, the big money really kicks in in the next year. But the one thing I do want to know is that he's not a bad athlete. If you go to player profiler, you know, he's in the 79th percentile of speed. He ran a 4.67 at, uh, according to them at his pro day, he ran a 4.62. He's a, a middle of the pack in, in speed score. He's, you know, 61st percentile in burst, 76th percentile in agility. So not a horrible athlete, but here's some of the other things that, that caught my attention. Again, in week 16, when Travis Kelsey missed the game due to the Rona, Noah Gray led all tight ends in Kansas City with a 72% snap share that game. And Kelsey is going into his age 33 season. He's a year younger than Gronk. Now this year, Mr. Kelsey going to make $8.8 million. Next year is when the big money kicks in. Hey, guess who else is making big money next year? Patrick Mahomes. So, so his 2023 cap number is 14.6 million and his dead cap number is 42.5. At some point we've seen these tight ends just hit a wall. You know, he's been very luck very lucky with the injury bug. And here's the thing, if you give up a fourth round pick in a tight end premium league and you put this guy on your roster at any point, God forbid, but if Kelsey goes down with injury, or he just performs poorly, and going into his third year, Noah Gray were to assume this role, whether you actually ever have him in your roster one time in, in a starting scenario, this guy could give you multiple opportunities to cash out big. And it's a lot, it's like a lottery ticket. You know, you you, you buy the dollar scratch off, you're hoping to win a little bit. And if it doesn't hit for you, well, at least you took a shot. So that's my bargain bin, super cheap tight end premium guy. I, I love it because especially this time of year, I feel like this time of year is is great for those like sort of bargain bin guys, you know, because you're sort of a lot of people are in that kind of hold phase where they want to see how free agency shakes out. They want to see how the draft is going to go. And I understand that. But this is, you know, in Dynasty, you only have a finite amount of resources. It's not redraft. You can't start over again every year. You've got to find those little edges. So right now is a nice time to go in, swoop in and get those little bargain bin deals. Like you said, third, fourth round pick kind of play that people don't really want or don't see the upside in or been burned by and then when you can cash in halfway through the season for a third or a second you've you've just basically you you're you're printing money as they say um so i love it i like to consider myself a bit of a tight end whisperer okay that, that, that's something that's something that i like i don't know you just love a tight end i do love a good tight end See, this is what I'm talking about, people. This is why you have Memphis on your podcast because, you know, you're hoping for 80, 90% and he gives you 110%. So we're going to, I have one more, but I'm actually going to save it because it ties in nicely to a question we're going to cover later. So for now, we're going to dive in, we're going to go deep, and we're going to talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Dynasty Deep Dive. Memphis is a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan for his sins, and we have to start the conversation at the most obvious point. It is the embattled, much maligned 
QB 15 on the season, Carson wins. So I'll give you basically the way we do the deep dive here is I'll just run through sort of player by player, give you the sort of facts and figures, cap situation, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll throw it to the guest who is the expert and they will talk me through what they're doing with them in Dynasty. Are they a buy? Are they a sell? Are they a hold? And give us a bit of information so we can help with our roster management. Now, Carson wins. You would think he finishes QB 74 based on how people treat him and talk about him. But actually, it wasn't that bad. QB 15, 15.8 points per game. He's only 29 years old, so he's not that old really at all in quarterback terms. He is not actually an unrestricted free agent until 2025, although there is an out on his contract after 23, but the word on the street and correct me if I'm wrong is that he may not last the season. <laughs> he may not last the off season. Um, there's been some, some pretty, pretty hard feelings um, from management, from leadership, from the ownership there in uh, Indy. And then as far as value goes, uh, dynasty trade calculator has him at a 9.8. So sort of like that cutoff right between sort of a very early second and a very late first uh, and a super, Flex 12 team super flex, and then for rankings, Dynasty Nerds have him at QB 19. I've got him at QB 22. So, those are the facts and figures, but I will leave it to my good buddy here. And Memphis, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz? Well, before I get into Carson Wentz, um, if you're the Colts, let, let, let's just think about you. I'm, I'm gonna ask the host a question Would you leave your current bill paying day job before you had the next job locked up? Um, hmm, this is a very intriguing question. I'm gonna go with most likely not because you got to pay the bills. Exactly. And if you would, would you leave your current day pay, paying job for a risky job that pays less that may not be as good? Hmm, I feel like this is a trick question. I'm gonna go with no. So, who the hell are the Colts gonna get to play quarterback for him? This is a win now roster. You've paid Darius Leonard. You've paid Braden Smith. You played DeForest Buckner. You got to pay Quentin Nelson. Who are you going to get? You're going to go get Jameis Winston and hope he doesn't throw 37 interceptions? You're going to go Nick get Foles. Mitch, Nick Foles, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo? Do any of those names have more upside than Carson Wentz? No. They may have as much upside as Carson Wentz. Um I'm a big Colin Cowherd guy because he puts a lot of business type stuff behind him. And he feels like that this is a way of getting Carson Wentz to reducing that guaranteed cap number and lowering his bonus number to allow the team to do more. So I referenced QBR earlier in the season. Now, Carson Wentz had 27 touchdown passes and only seven interceptions. I know it felt like 37 interceptions, but the fact of the matter was he only had seven interceptions. He had a 54.7 QBR, ninth best in the league. You know who was tied with him? A guy that you would all go, all go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over, Russell Wilson. He had a better QBR than Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, Tua, and so many more. I understand that the numbers weren't perfect and you can't hang your hat on one data point, my point is, is that if you're the Colts, I have no problem with wanting to upgrade, but that's the trick. You've got to upgrade. So I don't see an upgrade out there on the market. You don't have a first round pick. You know that Houston's not going to trade you to Sean Watson. You know, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, do you really want to come to Indianapolis? I got news for you. I live in Indianapolis. I don't think NorCal hippie 12-hour cleanse Aaron Rodgers wants to come to Indianapolis. I feel like this is a lot of smoke. I think this is a peeved owner 
who feels like he was talked into this draft pick or making this trade with draft picks by his GM and head coach. And I think Carson Wentz is going to get one more year, and I think it will be on a redone contract. Intriguing. No, I think that's a really interesting perspective that you bring on it because that's certainly not something I had thought of. I sort of was really confused by that. So based on what you've said, then would you kind of paint Carson Wentz as a buy right now? Would you be interested in kicking the tires, especially if you can get him for like a high, high second or even a very late first in this class? Oh, I wouldn't give up a first in this class, but if I could give up any second for Carson Wentz, I will. If Carson Wentz gets cut by the Colts, there are going to be teams like think about Denver. Tampa Bay just lost Tom Brady. The Steelers just lost Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, if you're Pittsburgh, you're looking around the room at fat Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. Are you just going to say, screw it? I mean, he may not be the best quarterback in the league, but he's not Mason Rudolph or, or Dwayne Haskins. But again, if you got a banging stud like a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert, these are the kind of guys that I want on my roster because quarterbacks are going to get hurt. Lamar's going to get hurt, potentially running quarterbacks do. Same with Kyler. You'll have a chance to flip him and move him and at least break even in season. So for me, if I can get Carson Wentz for a, a mid super flex second, I would totally do that. Brilliant. And what about, so we're going to talk about the wide receiver room. The crown jewel in the wide receiver room crown at the moment is Michael Pittman Jr., uh, he finishes the wide receiver 21, 13.6 points per game. He's only 24 years old, and he is under rookie contract until 2024. Dynasty trade calculator gives him a 19 uh, value of 19.0, which is a mid to late first in a super flex league. Uh, he comes in as a wide receiver 22 for Dynasty Nerds. I'm a little bit more bullish myself at wide receiver 18. Um, where are you at with him? Are you buying or selling at those prices? So he, here's the sneaky thing about Michael Pittman. He's got the ambiguity of the quarterback position. But what I like to do, and this is not just a Michael Pittman thing, this is a any, any wide receiver or player I'm looking to acquire thing. you got to take it to that next level. So I'm looking at the Colts. Okay, they're in like the top five in salary cap. You know, they have no first-round pick. It's pretty good, pretty good wide receiver class, but then you have to go back. And CBS does a great job with this, as do other resources, USA Today. And you start doing the team needs. You know, the Colts are going to need a little interior line help. They could be losing Mark Lewinsky. Um, you know, and, and you know they, they need to get a left tackle. Word on the street is they're not going to bring Eric Fisher back for another contract. You know they need corners. Xavier, uh, excuse me, Xavier Rhodes, free agent. Rock Yassin sucks. So what are they going to do with those free agent dollars? They're going to invest in the cornerback position. They're going to invest in the offensive line. And they'll bring in and draft a, a round three, round four wide receiver. They might bring in a, a day three or four free agent. I don't know that they'll be splashing around in the, the, the very expensive waters. That's not been Chris Ballard's philosophy. So if that's the case, then, then who's still the crown jewel in this wide receiver room? It's still Michael Pittman Jr. So for me, I'm just looking. Uh, now, I could be wrong. They could go out and sign Juju Smith-Schuster or Chris Godwin or make some ungodly play for Devontae Adams. They could. That would be atypical against what I've seen with this GM and, and leadership group. Do I think they could bring in a DJ Chark type? Sure. DJ Chark would be a nice compliment to Michael Pittman. I don't think, but the, I think the kind of guys the Colts will be looking to bring in either via the draft or with their free agent bucks, 
given the needs on this team, shouldn't be the kind of wide receiver that threatens Michael Pittman or his dynasty value. Excellent. So you're still in on Pittman. Are you getting him for a mid to late first? Would you, if you're on the clock and you've got the one, say the 108 and the Superflex draft, um, are you throwing that 108 out to get land Michael Pittman? It's going to be close. I mean, the 108, you know, some of the wide receivers in that range, you're talking about, you know, Chris Olave, David Bell, uh, George Pickens, wide receivers like that in this upcoming rookie class. I would just kind of like to lay out and see where those guys land. Yeah, I mean, if I could get him for like the 110, 111, sure, sure. No, I like it. I like to, um, one things that we like to do here, I like to kind of nail down just real practical. You know, that's why I try to try to put you on a spot there and, and get some straight up answers because I think it just is always good to give practical advice. Like this is what I would do if I was in that situation, if I'm looking to get Michael Pittman on the roster quickly, then um, we don't need to dive into it unless you think so. I, I just wanted to... F- Throw the name out there. Do you think there's any need to go into uh, Paris Campbell talk? Do we need to dive into that, or is that a ship that is sailed and we just need to move on? Give me 37 seconds or less. So, <laughs> and Paris, go. And go. Paris Campbell went to Ohio State University. Check. Fast. Check. If he does anything. Now, am I acquiring him? No, but he could be on a waiver wire. Or he could be on the back end of a taxi squad. You're looking for any bright spot that this guy gives you, and you are looking to get rid of him for anything. I think that was 33 seconds. Perfect. Nailed it. So we are we have to talk about the RB1 himself, Jonathan Taylor. Uh finished as well, as I said, the RB1, 22.5 points per game. He's only 23 years old, rookie contract until 2024. Dynasty trade calculator, he comes in at a 55.2, which if that sounds high, it is high. He would need you would need to basically walk into the conversation with two incredibly early firsts just to uh just to get the buy-in at the table, I would say, just to start the conversation. Um, and he's lockstep between me and Dynasty Nerds at RB1. Um <laughs> so I I feel like it's it's gonna big ask if you're trying to acquire or buy. Um, you know, I I don't I personally don't go in for that kind of stuff. Once somebody's a consensus RB1, I don't really look to, to acquire if I don't already have. But again, expert in the room. Um, am I missing anything? Uh, I guess is he your RB1? And are you looking to do anything with him as far as acquire? Or would you be looking to trade at peak value or just hold? So here is my thing. Jonathan Taylor is a bad, bad man. Uh, I, I like him a lot. Uh, definitely enjoy watching him play football. But wide rec- excuse me, running back ones switch around all the time what three or four short years ago it was Todd Gurley you know two years ago it was Christian McCaffrey this 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 is not a position you know as the RB1 overall in dynasty you're not here for a long time you're here for a good time and if I could move Jonathan Taylor straight up for one of my top five quarterbacks in a super flex like if it was a really deep in tradition, long-standing league. And let's say you already had a Josh Allen or a Dak or even like a, like a, another really good quarterback. If I could move Jonathan Taylor straight up for a, for a Justin Herbert, or maybe I send Jonathan Taylor for Joe Burrow at a first, even if it's a 2023 first, 
That's what I'm looking to do. I know it's going to be hard to replace that 22.5 points a game, but as we talked about the running back position, a lot of RB1s tend to, we know we have three or four that we really like in this year's draft class, right? But there's not any quarterbacks that we like, and next year we think we like two quarterbacks. So if I can lock up a guy that's performing very young in, in a tenured league, um, and I don't have to sweat my QB position, man, that's the only kind of move I'd be looking to move Jonathan Taylor for. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think anytime a running back hits the consensus RB1, I, I tend to look to offload and look to sell at peak value because, like you said, to your point, I mean, I, I, I looked at this the other day and it was like literally two to three seasons ago, you know, uh, what was it? Lev Bell, Todd Gurley, and David... Um, David, David Johnson. David Johnson, yeah. They were all three yeah. top top five running backs, all three first round picks if you're doing a startup and now you can't get... You couldn't package all three of them for a second round pick, you know. Let, so let me ask you a question real quick. How? So you just you just did a great a great thing, and you really popped it in my head. So twenty twenty two, the RB one coming into the season is Mister is Mister Taylor here. In twenty coming into twenty 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 one, it was Christian McCaffrey. Before that, it was probably Saquon Barkley. If yeah, I think so. Made, Saquon or Christian? Yeah, one yeah, of the two. So, so Christian may have had a back-to-back, but then you mentioned guys, David, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. Okay, so very rarely is there a repeat 101. Now, there's been some pushback going into 2022 that maybe Josh Allen's getting there, but what's it been? We're going into our fourth year in a row where Patrick Mahomes has been the QB1 overall. Why wouldn't you want one of those guys like, again, Justin Herbert, any of these guys that in that top five QB range that yeah. will continue to hold that value for the next half decade as opposed to a guy that one bad injury, and I hope it doesn't happen, his value plummets. Whereas Joe Burrow's knee blew up and he was going at the 108, 109 and Superflex startups last year. It's just That's where my mind goes. I'm looking to get that long term, but I didn't mean to to drag the show with Mr. Yeah. Taylor. <laughs> no, that's that is fair. Like I think that's a good point. You know that that is the point is that in Superflex, especially, obviously, bear in mind all this conversation about Jonathan Taylor. We've been talking about Superflex. Um, you know, you, you you just it's hard it's hard to if you're really wanting to win and you're really wanting to build a dynasty, you need to look, make those tough decisions and you need to sell at peak value with running backs because they have a short shelf life. Much as we love them. Uh, like you said, you couldn't have put it better. Um, they're here for a, for a good time, not for a long time. So really quickly then, just wrapping it up before we move on to the questions. Um, Naeem Hines, do we need to go into much detail here? I don't think so. I mean, he's really he just a backup. Yeah. Do you have it, any need other than if you say, so I guess my only question then will be, I can't imagine a world where you need or want to roster him unless you have Jonathan Taylor and it's a deeper squad and you're just looking for like that insurance against injury. Um, and if you do have Jonathan Taylor, are you looking to acquire Naeem Hines if the price is right or are you just not even bothered? Well, if if Naheem, if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, Naheem Hines is, is not the guy coming in to take a feature back role. Will his role pick up 15, 20%? Well, sure it would. But they would, they would, you know, potentially go get a street free agent. Jo- Naheem Hines is not your between the tackles grinder, so he's just the kind of guy that if you play in super deep leagues like the Scott Fish Bowl, or you know some, you know some leagues like that where maybe you start twelve players every week, then he's worth the flyer. But outside of the deepest of leagues, I'm not looking to overly acquire Naheem Hines. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And then the last name I did want to bring up here, especially considering that my good friend Memphis's self-appointed tight end whisperer is Kylan Granson. So you brought up a, a little cheeky name there earlier, Noah Gray, that maybe not a lot of people have. But I, I feel like when I say Kylan Granson, it's going to be like that that Snoop gif where it's like, who? You know, like I don't think a lot of people that unless they're Colts fans or they're degenerates like me are necessarily going to know much about this guy. He did, to be fair, finish his tight end 67 on 2.2 points per game. So I understand that he's not like a billboard name yet, but I personally liked some things that I saw from him. I liked him as a prospect. He's on my radar, I should say, um, but I'll throw it to you as the tight end whisperer here. Is there any reason why we should be stashing Kylan Granson? Uh, absolutely, but I was going to go with one of your fellow countrymen, Connor McGregor, in the in the infamous "Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck <laughs> is Kylan Granson?" That that's what I was going to say. He he's actually a guy. You know, they used him a little bit situationally as a rookie, and you know he's got a couple of bullets to dodge. He has to get through free agency, but I don't think they'll re-sign Mo Ali Cox, and he's kind of more of a blocking tight end. And if he avoids the the free agency, and it's a deep free agent class of tight ends, I do want to make sure that your your listeners, you know, there's Evan Ingram and OJ Howard and David Njoku and Mike Gusecki and you know maybe some other you know uh, uh, Dalton Schultz and maybe they they cut an Austin Hooper. So it is going to be a very deep tight end free agent class. But if he gets past if he gets past the the free agency period, I'm telling you, he's in there like swimwear. Because again, we, I'll just repeat the Michael Pittman conversation. This team is not going to be looking to invest a lot of resources, whether that's cash or draft picks in the, the tight end position. So if he fades free agency in one of those bigger names, he's going to have a nice role in 2022. Love it. Love it. So we are going to hit a couple quick questions here, try and get wrapped up and get uh, get on out of here. First question, everyone. Question. 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 I have a lot of questions. It's a ridiculous question. How dare you? This is so important. I should run to answer it. So first question came in on Twitter. Well, both questions, to be fair, came in on Twitter. First question we're going to hit here is from Gurmeet Sani at Gurmeet underscore Sani. Um, he says, loving Dynasty non-point scoring season podcast, Evan. Having listened to mock drafts, it seems 108 to 112 and one QB leagues will be the likes of Kenneth Walker, Alave, Wandale, Pickens, Dotson. Would you take them or try to work on trades for a Monty or Jacobs if contending? So first things first, appreciate the love, Gurmeet. Thanks thanks very much for the question. Glad you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I love that you're talking rookies because we're getting into rookies next week. I will say, honestly, if, if you are on the clock at 108, 109, and Walker is still there, then your league mates can just go ahead and give you the winnings for the season because they don't know what they're doing. But to your point, I understand what you're saying, you know, um, in a one QB league, those kind of characters, but you know, by the second half of the, uh, the first round, I'm going to defer first and foremost to my wonderful guest Memphis. What's your take on this? Uh, I think that the spirit of the question is, if you're a contender, um, you know, the likes of somebody like a Wandale or a Pickens or a Dotson, are you think they're, you know, is the juice, is the, is the juice worth the squeeze or are you, um, are you looking to pivot to a Josh Jacobs or a known commodity for your title run this year? No, because Josh Jacobs makes me nervous. We mentioned earlier in the show that, oh, actually it was before we hit the record button that the new regime there in Las Vegas with the Raiders, they have no allegiance. They didn't spend first round NFL draft capital on Josh Jacobs. And there's no, there's no guarantee that he's the guy. Monty, 
at some point, Terry Cohen's going to come back. He's not going to be overly involved in the passing game because he's got a rushing QB. Rushing QBs tend to pass less. So for me, what I would be looking to do with your 108, my friend, is I would be looking to move to the 106 in a one QB league. Because at the 106, I feel like I'm locking myself into Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Traylon Burks, uh, Drake out of USC. I think his first name is Landon. I don't remember his exact. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. London. 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 Of, of course. How could you? Yes. With, with, with you of all people. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so the three running backs, again, Walker, Spiller, and Hall, London Drake, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burks. I want to be in that top six. I would love to get a running back. I always like drafting running backs over wide receivers. But if I'm at the 106, I'm going to walk away with a player that I really, really like. But that's a move I'm going to look to make now. Because if a player falls to you and you don't necessarily love that player on the on the clock at the 106, you're going to get a lot better running back at that time than you will right now with a Josh Jacobs or a Monty. So that's how I would approach this. I would look to get up two draft picks. Shouldn't cost you a whole bunch. Hey, I'll give you 106 in a, in a second. And I'm sorry, I'll give you 108 in a, in a second. And you give me 106 in a third or, or, or a fourth or whatever. I don't care. I just want to lock myself into a range where I'm much more comfortable easily hitting the, uh, the draft button. Love it. Yeah, there you go. So you thought we were going one way. We completely flipped the script on you and gave you a different advice. So yeah, if you can pull that off, if you are the 108, 109, and you can kind of jump up into that top tier without with it not being too cost prohibitive, I think that is a great move. If you are stuck at the very end of the run, you know, say you're the 110, 111, 112, um, and you really are desperate for running back specifically, you know, then I don't have a problem with kicking the tires on like a Zeke or something like that. Because if you really need the running back situation sorted and you're looking to be a strong contender, um, you know, chances are at the 111, 112, you're not going to get that running back two or whatever that you need. But again, there's other options there. But I love, I love Memphis's take on if you can if you are 108 109 if you can jump up into the 106 then you're pretty much locked into one of the top three running backs or one of the top three wide receivers which should be able to give you that first year production that can help your title push uh another question then came in from wyatt uh why at wyatt b underscore ff shout out wyatt love the beard he's been on the on the show before actually um and he's a big browns fan but he says are there any players who currently have a very high price tag that you're still actively trying to acquire so i kind of alluded to this earlier i did have one more buy and it does fall into this category which we obviously mostly talk about the ideology of buying low selling high and obviously that is smart and i do that most of the time but there are players that i will make the exception for and i will do a buy high because i either think they haven't hit their full ceiling yet or i just think in general they're going to bring so much to your roster that it's worth the premier investment and for me one of those guys is mr jalen waddle now jalen waddle as you know had a stellar rookie season he finishes the wide receiver 14 as a rookie and even more impressive than finishing as the wide receiver 14 at least in my eyes he 
managed to claim 133 targets for himself. Now, I am of the mindset, and I believe Peter Howard would agree with me, that targets are earned. They're not just laying around on the ground to be distributed willy-nilly as, as a manager or a coach sees fit. Um, so I believe he earned those targets. I think he has an amazing rapport with Tua. The new head coach, Mike McDaniel, I'm excited for um, bringing in the Shanahan-style offense, an offensive-minded coach who I really, I genuinely am excited to see what he will do in Miami. And from the some of the pressers and some of the interviews that I've seen and read from him, he actually seems to be a big fan of Waddle himself. He actually jokingly said that he would start him in fantasy. So I know that's a joke, but at the same time, it sounds good. It, it bodes well. Um, he set the rookie record with 104 receptions. And on Dynasty Trade Calculator, he's worth a very early first in this class. But what I would say is I would rather have Jalen Waddle than basically any receiver in this class personally, because for me, I always am going to prefer the known un over the unknown um, unless the unknown has just a much higher ceiling. But we already see Jalen Waddle borderline wide receiver one as a rookie. So we know that what he can do. I love his situation. I love that he's young. I love that he's a position not unlike right, running back that you could potentially have for years on your squad. And if he does take that second year leap his value as crazy as it sounds is only going to increase so those would be my reasons um first of all i guess quickly there memphis do you hate that do you love it are you with me or are you not with me on the waddle love and then do you have your own sort of like anybody that you're looking to acquire high or like a premier asset you're willing to invest in well i would rather talk about your guy i'll, I'll give you a guy on the way out i guess but i, I love Jalen waddle he was the third highest scoring rookie period the only rookies that scored more points than him were Jamar Chase and Najee Harris. And he missed week 15. So had he played week 15, he would have been within about 40 points on the season of Jamar Chase, who played every single game. And I just see a guy that's much more attainable. And let me ask you a question. Would you say the NFL is a copycat league? Uh 100%. And have you noticed this trend over the last couple of years about really seeing more wide receivers who are able to do more with the ball in their in their hands after the catch? Uh, are you talking about Debo Samuel by any chance? I, I'm talking about Debo Samuel, <laughs> yeah. Cooper, Cooper Cup. We actually did this on our show the other day. Yep. Um, the, the top 10 um, wide receivers, and I no longer have that thing, but guys that were in the top 10 in yards after the catch this year. You're talking yeah. about Debo, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. All the usual suspects are there. Guess who's the new head coach and going to have a big impact on the play calling in Miami? It's Mike McDaniel, the new head coach who came over from, wait for it, San Francisco. <laughs> Not to say, And I don't want him to use Waddle like they use Depot, Debo, but I want them to be able to get him in situations to where he can really expand on that yak footprint to, to really piggyback off that 104 catches that, that you mentioned. He didn't get a QB upgrade, but he didn't get a QB downgrade. And I, I just see that, um, that 300 or 245 PPR points he gave us last year at 15.36. That's the floor. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he was 
a better version of what we saw out of Deontay Johnson this year. And I love Deontay Johnson, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't a better version of that in 2022. Big big Jalen Waddle guy. I, I, I firmly endorse the buy high. My guy's a quarterback. My guy's Justin Herbert. I don't think this guy's really scratched the surface, to be real honest. And he's got an aggressive, offensive thinking head coach, even though he was a DC. Uh, I do believe they'll they will continue to support him with weapons. Uh, they they'll still have Josh Palmer. They'll still have Keenan Allen. I would love for them to bring in a Mike Gesicki in free agency. That's like a dream of mine. A big Gesicki guy as well. Sorry, Dolphins. Um, but but that's my guy. I just like I said, it's safe. I feel like I'm buying at least a five year dynasty piece. I'm not going to have to replace him anytime in the near future. And in the world of so many, and, and I'm not taking shots, but I kind of am. Baker Mayfield's, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones's, you know, just guys, you know, Mitch Trubisky's and all these rookies. In a world with so much uncertainty at a QB position and so many of us playing Superflex, why would I not want to in, invest premium capital in a premium player, in a premium situation, in a division where they're going to be putting up big points in Justin Herbert. So uh, good luck getting him for anything short of probably three firsts, but um, <laughs> the answer is always no until you ask. Exactly. Love that. Um, but guys, I appreciate the questions. Uh, thank you very much and appreciate that it's gone a bit long here, but we, there's been a lot of really great information. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully you've learned from it. I know I have as always. Um, if you guys do not follow Memphis, make sure and rectify that. I can't imagine why you wouldn't at DWZ Memphis on Twitter. Excellent, excellent guy. Excellent follow. And certainly, certainly if you don't go and check out his podcast, there's loads going on over there on their YouTube loads going on with the podcast they've got patreon they got everything you could possibly ever wish and as you've heard he's got a beautiful southern charm and wonderful accent and wonderful knowledge and wisdom i can't say enough about him memphis thank you so much for coming back on the show there and do you have anything else you want to plug or shout out before we go no just stop by the dynasty war zone you can find us on apple spotify all your pod players for the most part or on youtube uh, one thing we've been doing with YouTube is releasing the main show earlier. Um, we're just recording a little bit earlier in the week, and we're still releasing the pod on pods on Wednesday. But if you want to get the show a little bit early and ad free, you can get it on YouTube somewhere between Sunday and Tuesday. Love it. In the uh, in the words of Gudan Hansis, you've said it all, you've done it all, and you've been a fantastic guest. I hope to have you back on again. You have not succeeded in getting yourself banned yet from the Dynasty Debates, but maybe next time. Guys, enjoy this episode. Let us know if you have any questions or comments, and look forward to catching you next week for Rookie Fever Season. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>